Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do with makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ms. Brooke Deneau. Hi. <laughs> hi. Yeah, I was, I was, I don't know what else I had to say, but hi and hello to the listeners. <laughs> Brooke thought she was listening to the podcast, not co-hosting it this week. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> How was your week? Did you have fun this week? Yeah, we did. It's been a really good weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We, it was a lot of time at the makerspace, which was really nice. Um, it was Father's Day, so mm-hmm. um, we got to help with a family that belongs to our makerspace is making a table and stuff and wow yeah i love Super how the fun. people at your makerspace have projects that they got going on like they're not just coming there to just do a thing or two like they got like big projects like you got a cr- you got resin pours you got table yeah. construction like you guys do some cool stuff over yeah there. and it's never the same and because it's not i mean i tend to make things that are somewhat similar to what I'd like to make and so does Michael but when we're constantly being being forced to kind of help such a big range of people work on their projects it's great because we never get bored do you ever and panic always looking I would be, we're always I, learning new things too. I was gonna say because I'd be panicking if I was you guys because <laughs> the, the sheer variety of things I've seen you guys working on in your stories it's like I'd be like because yeah. people are looking at you as like the experts and it's like Oh, I don't, yeah. I, I'm learning this with you guys. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a little bit easier because there's two of us, mm-hmm. Michael and myself. So it can be diffused a little bit because Michael's definitely the better woodworker of the two of us. Like I'm, I can hold my own, but Michael's the better woodworker versus like for digital design for like the laser cutter and the CNC for certain things. I'm the better of the two of us. So I don't know if, if, like that makes it less stressful because we can defer even amongst ourselves on things. Sometimes you're like the Winklevoss twins in the Facebook movie, where it's like there we're six foot three and two hundred and twenty pounds, and there's two of us. You know, <laughs> I guess, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that you know when when people are coming in, people are doing it with their free time too, so they're coming in weekend after weekend after weekend. So some so some things take just longer to make too. So if mm-hmm. there's something that we know ahead of time in our head, we're like, oh goodness, like what what are we gonna do about that step? We can kind of think about it leading that's in. A, it's not that, like oh we need to figure it out tomorrow to either. That's funny because that's an adjustment I had to make when my shop moved out of my house, where it's yeah. like oh my making my shop making is now confined to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It's not any day I want as many hours as I can squeeze into the shop, you know? So I have to find, if I want to be productive, I have to find things I can do here and find yeah. things I can do there. So yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Brooke. Oh, yeah. Good it's stuff. been a busy weekend. It's been a great weekend. Yes. Yes. This weekend was, I, I went to work today. Just, I was like, man, I was productive as hell this weekend. Like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a good feeling. Like I know there's a lot of people that like to rest and recharge. In fact, um on Clamp this week they had a whole episode about resting and recharging and I'm not opposed to resting and recharging. Yeah. I'm I've learned the value of that too. Mm-hmm. But man, there's just something about like having one of those crazy productive weekends where projects are just pouring out of you and you're getting you're giving them to customers and they're happy and you're making money and everything's going well and it's like there's just something about that that's just as much of a recharge as taking a weekend off and watching netflix or something oh for sure 
Yeah. What did you work on? I did. I, I know a little bit, but tell the listeners. I am apparently an expert on wedding decor now. Which yeah, awesome. there's a lot of wedding decor. <laughs> it really was. And I'm not even done with all of it. I have one more thing. It's a partial, just um, really just a simple laser cut, which I'm going to need your help with because I've never done yeah. slot and tab construction um, with acrylic. So I yeah, know never, kind never. of what to do, but I know I'm going to miss something and screw it up and I don't have a lot of acrylic, so I can't. Yeah, screw I can help up. you out or you can do it and then just send it to me and then I'll tell you if you did it wrong. Oh, good. That, yeah, something. that'll work because we both know how to use Illustrator. So yeah, yeah. But I did a, I did. So you guys have probably seen this on Pinterest. There are these, these really big acrylic signs that everyone has at the entrance to their wedding now. Mm-hmm. And they have this paintbrush stroke background behind the um, vinyl lettering. Mm-hmm. And I swear I overcomplicated the hell out of this thing. How so? What did you do? I didn't know what was involved in making it, right? So I'm thinking about what's the process for making this? How would I make this? How would I approach you... this? So here's what I was going to do. Okay. <laughs> it one. seems so straightforward. I apologize really if I'm making faces at you. Like, what are you doing? No, because I'm an idiot and I overcomplicate <laughs> everything. So I'm thinking, how am I going to make a stencil that I can paint those paintbrush marks on i um, actually was going to make a stencil so that i could paint the paintbrush marks on the back of the acrylic like this is, oh, this is uh, gonna be a personality difference it really like, is what does like, this say about someone's personality like i'm gonna make a stencil i'm trying to think of, i'm sitting here like looking at, <laughs> if i use the right brush in illustrator and then I make it and then I'm like, okay, but then I'd have to go up to Al at New York Woodworks to nice. use his vinyl cutter because he's got one big enough for a 24 by 32 piece of acrylic. And and then I watched a video on YouTube and the girl goes, okay, so you start with a three inch brush and you just paint. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. That's good. And she got the, my client got the paint for me. And I just did it. I had more trouble with the vinyl than I did with the paint. Vinyl's so hard. So, sorry, vinyl's so easy to mess up. It is. And when you get, what people don't understand is when you get into really thin lettering, mm-hmm. vinyl does not behave. It no. just doesn't. I ripped so much vinyl this and weekend. if you are doing lettering on vinyl and you're weeding the vinyl and you tweak an A, like some Done. single tiny A in the middle of the big vinyl sheet, the whole Done. sheet done i mean you can sometimes finagle it back but it's hard it's hard yeah what i ended up doing was i i wanted to do it as much in one sheet as possible but what i ended up doing was i kept ruining so much that i just cut everything that i didn't ruin out and then redid it so everything on there is placed by hand as opposed to one big sheet that i just put over the vine over there which it probably worked better because putting small amounts of vinyl is so much better yeah no that's probably a good way to go but I will say this. I will say this. Um, Kayla McIntosh, um, Kayla's Cricket Creations, I learned there's um Caesar makes a transfer tape now that mm-hmm. is just killer. It's so much better than the Cricut transfer oh, tape. Oh, like, know. It actually releases, which hmm. is nice. <laughs> I almost always use like frog tape, which I think we talked about last week. I think I, I know a lot of people <laughs> that use blue painter's tape as yeah. a transfer tape. And yeah. I've never gotten it. To, I can't get it to pull the vinyl off the backing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I can't think if I use that because it's good or if I use that just because it's available, like readily available. Because we just available. both buy the painter's tape at the makerspace. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a recommendation to anyone listening. So I did this big acrylic sign and it turned out really nice. And then I did the, um, I did the same acrylic, the same vinyl lettering on the, on the envelope box too. So yeah. it's all, it's all together and it Sounds all looks super cool. As a package, it looked so good. 
That's super and, cool. Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun project to uh, yeah. it was a fun project to kick out the door. So now I have one cool. project left for one more very special friend of mine, who um, I'm very excited to get that done too. Cool. And then then I can get into my top secret, super cool email newsletter related thing. I sent Ooh. out an email newsletter yeah. today to my subscribers, and I'm very That's excited. Exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And I I'm made. So- do you know what I made today? What'd you make? Faces for pineapples. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it's it. so silly. And so then random. I, yeah, so random. And I made like lemons and stuff. I really love. We got. We, we. By the way, we do have a guest, and I'm. Realizing, we do. We do. Like, we do. We're we going do. really long. <laughs> I. I just want to say before we get to him, I really do love the remake of the lemon. The lemon sticks. Things. Thanks. Yeah, it's for a bouquet. Okay, so my idea is I'm making digital. We have digital files available on makersworkshop.com. So if you mm-hmm. can't belong to our in-person makerspace, you can belong to the virtual makerspace and make things along with us virtually on your own equipment. Blah 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 blah. But I'm trying to do a, like file sets for the summer that are like hostess gifts. So if mm-hmm. you're going to a picnic or something, they're just like SVG files for something that you can bring as a hostess gift. So those are supposed to be for like a flower bouquet, like you can just make little lemons to stick in and it's a simple thing. And I tried to arrange flowers today. Ooh, that's way harder than it seems. Like I was like, I like, I showed up to the shop and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to like, you know, throw these in a vase and it's going to look so good. It was (laughs) difficult. How do you guys get these things to stand up? I don't understand. (laughs) Just like, they just looked ugly. Like I was trying to take pictures of the flowers. The lemons looked great. That's why florists get paid the big yeah. bucks. You see, this is the thing. That's why it's a being a florist is is a job that you can you can have. Cause... The floral arts. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the floral arts. So, uh, we have a guest today, and yes. I'm pretty sure he's not a florist. Um, I mean, he probably sure. he probably has experimented in floral. We'll design. have to. We'll have to. That'll be the first question. <laughs> That'll be the first question. Have you? <laughs> are you or have you ever been a florist? But. What it's interesting because when this podcast was new, we didn't have a ton of listeners. I mean, we don't have a ton of listeners now, but (laughs) what (laughs) we We have a lot of listeners. We do have a lot of listeners. I know I'm being facetious, (laughs) but we, I, it was a, there was a point where we knew all of our listeners and it was very strange. And one day I got a really, really nice message on Instagram from someone who had previously been relatively anonymous to the podcast. <laughs> and ever since then, it's like, he's always just kind of been in the background. Like I'm watching him make stuff and seeing him make really neat stuff. And Brooke and I were discussing the other day. He's like, Hey, you want to have him on? And I'm like, yeah, yes. let's, let's do it. He's been around forever. It's finally actually talk to him instead of just looking at his picture. So <laughs> we have the man known as Zodog, the one and only Adam Zawalich. Hi, Adam. Hey, Hi, Adam. how's it going? Please, I, you know, I, I didn't ask before we started, but I got your last name, right? Yeah, uh, Z- Zawalik. Zawalik. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it, damn it. I was yeah. just about to get you. Oh, <laughs> I almost yeah. almost got it. Almost got yeah, it. Yeah, it's that's the always going to happen. <laughs> Which also means that when I when we did your project for the Enlighten Us Challenge, I got your name wrong then, too, which is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bound to happen. It's close enough, though, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I've been getting Zawalich forever at this point. I've been Ferrara and Ferraro, even yeah. though I have the commercially acceptable name. Like I have the one yeah. everyone should know. Yeah, so, and you pronounced my last name incorrectly. Who? Till like a couple weeks ago, you did. Denault. Denault. Everyone no way. Denault. 
No, no, no. It's Denault. But like, I feel like you oh, called me Denault at I've one never point. Called I was you like, wow. Oh, never really? Once. Okay, never mind. Never <laughs> once. <laughs> anyway. Like, no, because it's like the car. It's like the car. It's even spelled almost the same. Yeah, Denault. Like, you don't know things. Yeah, like Renault. Like, you're the alliance, yeah. the, the tiny anyway. little French car. Yeah. Our name's going to stick together. Yeah, exactly. I guess so. I guess so. So, Adam, you are a woodworker <laughs> based out of Western Massachusetts. Yes. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you spend your days making? Uh, so for the majority of the time, I've been doing kind of large furniture pieces. But in the past couple of years, I've switched into electric guitars. Super cool. Because um, I was, I took like a like a couple of week, month long class up in Toronto uh, five years ago at this point. Um, just did like one guitar at this Canadian school of luthery. Um, so it's pretty just kind of like a deep dive into doing it. Um, and then after that, I was like, this seems really fun. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of keep doing it. There's so <laughs> many, there's so many oddly specific skills in making a guitar. Like it's, it looks like some, I know we've had people on, we, you, you actually remembered that we had Tamar from three by three customs on. She's made a bunch of guitars but it's just such a, there's so many things. Like, is that something you'd always wanted to do? Or is it something like, hey, that's available. I'm just going to take a course and see what happens. Uh, pretty much the second one. Because um, <laughs> I, had, I had been up in, I was up in Canada on a, a um, tourist visa for six months, mm-hmm. um, staying with my girlfriend, now wife. Uh, so I took like a four month long kind of deep dive class just into like hand tools kind of out in um, like Western Ontario. Mm-hmm. And then I was just kind of puttering around Toronto for a few months after that and found this guitar making school and seemed like, Oh, this seems kind of fun. Yeah. So do you even, do you even play guitar? Uh, no, That's I don't. So funny. <laughs> I, can do, I can do like three chords to like tech, check to make sure everything's in tune and make sure nothing's buzzing. Mm. Uh, I played like a bass guitar for, you know, a couple months in high school. <laughs> just, <laughs> that just, was about it. just to be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's interest that's actually really interesting that you don't play that you don't play the guitar because it's like I think there's people that are like, I'd love to make guitars, but I don't play the guitar. You know, like they think that yeah. there's some kind of weird connection. It's like, well, no, the craftsmanship of making has nothing to do with the artistry of playing. Like it's they're not connected. Yeah, because since I've been doing furniture for so long, weirdly nothing really felt different. There's mm-hmm. like, you know, twenty more oddly specific expensive tools. And that was that was kind of the, the real thing. Yeah, I imagine I imagine that's probably where where it starts to get you. Like, there's a bunch of really weird specific processes, like you know, shaving shaving down the frets and like all the oh, stuff yeah. you have to do, like all the all the little adjustments. Well, like, it's not just stick a, a neck on a body and run strings and call it a day. Like, but, that's but you can also do it with very limited tools too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tim Sway, his whole he makes most guitars out of trash and like bolts and hollow core doors and stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It's like, uh, or like you could you go the other way, like Mike from Industrial Maker, and make everything out of like resin and Legos, yeah, and like crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. Yeah, because same with like those old like cigar box guitars. Those are just made out of cigar boxes and yeah. you know a stick and whatever it can string up there. Do you have any that did you did you make any that you can think of off the top of your head that are like your favorite? Where it's like that's your your baby, like your best work. Um, I did. Uh, I made one out of cast concrete. Um, so I, the, so that one is fine. I, re- but the I one that I made, that one. the one that I made the casting of, I like a lot more. Mm. Oh, there's, okay. there's a walnut burl that I burned. So it has like a lot of, to, um, just burned and like brushed all the soot off. So you get all that grain popping out. Like when you do like the Shishugiban stuff. 
Um, so I did that on the whole thing and then cast a mold out of both those halves to do the concrete one. So the concrete has all the texture of the burl and the cracks in it and everything. Yeah. But then the um, the the body stayed black after that. So I just did a I kind of burned the neck too and did like a bright white holly um, fretboard on it. So it's just all black with this one stripe of white on it. The contrast Ooh. on that one is absolutely yeah. freaking fantastic. By the way, absolutely fantastic. That's that's what that one of the things that seems like you're you're good at doing is getting these like you you lean into whatever the material is and you just kind of enjoy it it's you're not it's like you're you're you start with the material and go okay what does this guitar want to look like based on the material not what do i want to make a guitar to look like yeah because often, often i'm just kind of digging through my i have like a lot of just stacks of slabs like everybody has these days um and if anybody's kind of like asking for something unique i can have, usually have a good selection to pull out from just kind of we can especially with like you know stencils just draw, kind of draw the body shape on like a weird slab of wood and be like how does this kind of look mm-hmm. yeah you, you do have a very, um, you do seem to go to the same style of body. You do have like a, a style of body that you seem to gravitate toward. I noticed. Yeah, Telecaster shaped bodies are just very um, simple. <laughs> <laughs> they have like the least amount of electronics, which is always nice. Because mm-hmm. um, I have a couple of stencils of, I've kind of like changed the curves like slightly on all the bodies just to make them a little bit, but they all still kind of look the same. Um, but usually it's I. Uh, I've had the most requests for that one too, which has been good. Do you make them? Do you make them for other people, or are you? Yeah. Just, uh, or are they just for your own? I have about uh, three or four just kind of floating around the house. I think at this point that, um, that you do not play. Yes, that's why I try to. That's why I try to make them for other people more because I just don't have room for these things. You just, you just when when there's a party, you just whip it out and just hold and just hold it. Yeah, well, so it's, hard, it's hard to lug a concrete guitar around too. For so that's just kind of sitting in a corner somewhere. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, and it's it's solid concrete. Like there's no like there's no wood innards and then a concrete I, wrap. It's, there's um there's dowels wherever there needs to be a screw. Right. So I cast like through dowels through the whole thing just so I can screw in like the oh, the um, pickups and stuff because I don't want to like cement the pickups into it in case I need to like change them for something or whatever. Yeah, because when you're playing, you know, you may want a different yeah. sound. For example, you know, just you know, just you, you know, when you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I've played the most, though. I'll, I'll... Of course. Whatever that works. Yeah. So, so to backpedal a little bit, just have you always been a maker? Like, what was your first medium that you ever picked up? How old were you? Um, I gotta assume Lego. Lego. Okay. So, like, yeah. so like way back. Yeah, yeah. Because it was that, and then high school shop. Um, I like uh, around like sophomore year shop. It was kind of right when um, eBay became a thing. Okay. My my dad uh, purchased a shopsmith. Oh boy. So, so it's like those five-in-one machines that's a yep. lathe, a table saw, a drill press, and a couple of other things. <laughs> and it comes with all these attachments so you can hook up like a bandsaw or a joiner to it. It's the most terrifying machine to use. <laughs> uh, so, But it's, it was fun. <laughs> but like, using it as a lathe is really nice because it's that's pretty light though. So it moves around, it moves around if you use big stuff on it. Okay. But for like small things, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I was doing a lot of like doing a lot of like pens and just things like that for a while. And moving on to like turned like bowls and lamps um starting to get like wedding gifts for friends and stuff like that and then um for 
college, I did a historic preservation degree in Rhode yeah. Island. I was going to ask you about that because I happen to know that fun fact about yeah. you. And it's such a specific thing to have a degree in. <laughs> yeah. So why, like, what made you pick that? Was it just because you lived near Salve Regina and you were like, wow, this campus is really pretty and I want to go here? Or I had never heard of either the school or the program um, until like a college fair, I think. Okay. And then I was just like, it was, I had no idea what I wanted to do in school. Because you shouldn't at 18 anyway. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, this seems kind of cool. I guess I'll try this. And then by the time it was over, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. For, for like, for the listeners that maybe aren't familiar, Salve Regina is located in Newport, Rhode Island. And it's, so it's the ca- yeah, you can describe it if you want it's, to. It's, it's where like the breakers are. So yeah. that um, Gilded Age show that was just on HBO, they mm-hmm. all talk about going to Newport and stuff. So it's like where all the the rich heiresses from New York went in the summers and stuff. So every building is just mansions. <laughs> yeah. But then the, so the, the campus was gifted to, uh, the sisters of mercy nuns in like the twenties uh, or thirties or something. Okay. I used to know all this stuff. And then so it was just that one main administration building. And then they just kept buying land and people yeah. would donate houses because they didn't want to be near this school anymore. And the school kind of just tried to force some people out a little bit, don't, you know, every once in a yeah. while. It's but, a really, it's a really unique campus. That's the only reason why I bring it up because, like, it's the most unique college campus I've ever seen. Yeah, every building is done by a different Gilded Age architect. It's pretty. It, they're it, beautiful, and then also simultaneously, there's just like suburban three bedroom homes. Yeah, there'll be just like a Cape Cod like right in the middle. Yeah, just hanging out. <laughs> so weird. It's like that, yeah. So like those, a couple of those are like um, student offices and stuff. The ones that have been bought up. Yeah. There yeah, does so, seem to be there does seem to be that thing around towns like in you got where you guys are like in the Massachusetts area mm-hmm. where the school plops down in the middle and then little by little it radiates out and just kind of yeah. absorbs everything in its vicinity and yeah. becomes part of the school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Salve does it in a way that is, I think, like a whole other level, which is part of its charm. So you studied historical pres- <laughs> preservation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> subject change because <laughs> so most of that most of that curriculum was doing like, you know, like historic preservation like law stuff like a historic district in like a town <laughs> like what kind of like tax stuff that entails or like yeah so very little of it was actually like um physical restoration okay it was just kind of like the ideas of it being like when you restore a house you need to do these kind of five things if it's in this um, qualifies for these stuff, whatever. Okay. So it's a group of that, and then like archaeology and like museum studies. So it covers like a pretty big swath of stuff. Okay. Um, and then from there, I went into I got my master's in architectural design at the University of Michigan. Oh, cool. Um, and after doing that, I was like, I don't want to be an architect. <laughs> Dang uh, it! <laughs> Just got the degree. It's gonna do a lot of things. And be like, this sounds cool at the time, and then finish and be like, oh, that was a strange thing. <laughs> Um, but then at least that that got me a, like a really pretty in depth design um, background and like learning all the software and because um, we had the we had three three D printers I think when I was there and they were all oh, like wow. floor models like floor to ceiling units like those Stratasys um, those big Stratasys yeah, it was all, it was the, oven doors and they did all like the um, the layered starch mm-hmm. so it was like a layer of like dust and then glue and then dust and then glue and you get a weird little like sugar cube looking thing at the end centering selective but, and, like we weren't allowed to like touch those at all it's like all like, the tas could operate them so we'd have to like prepare the files give them to somebody else mm-hmm. two weeks later we'd get a print oh wow and, and it would cost us four hundred dollars yeah um, isn't, isn't it so, crazy like and, and now it's like you know, you have like are... a 
table yeah, it's a every table yeah yeah it's kind of crazy that technology i we i've talked i've talked about that technology on just about every podcast i've been on because of all the stuff that we do that's the one that feels the most like magic Mm -hmm. 3d printing where it's like you start with nothing and then you have a thing and it wasn't there and it wasn't material it was just a thing that was created kind of out of nowhere just poof but sorry i get very excited about 3d printing it's the one it's the one piece of technology that has never gotten old for me where it's like i'm still amazed by it but yeah so you're doing i noticed and i i noticed when so Obviously, I know you do woodwork. I know you make guitars. I didn't know this other thing that you did. Ooh. And I'm very fascinated by this. You have a whole account where you make like these really beautiful dice. Oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah. recent. I stumbled upon that the other day. I got very excited. <laughs> it's in, I'm looking at them while we're, ta- while we're talking. I'm scrolling. Through. They're absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Because every time I post them on my regular account, nobody really cared. So I just made the other one. It seemed like yeah. a... That's kind of how the algorithm works these yeah. days too. So don't don't try anything new, damn it! No, <laughs> dare you? Yeah, but because I've been doing them all with um, wood, <laughs> so about all just either mixing like wood chip in or just like doing like straight dust to like dye, which has been pretty mixed results. But they look pretty cool. They yeah. look amazing. I I'm dumbfounded by how beautiful they are. Like, wh- okay, so where did you go? Did you you're sitting around one day and go, "Yep, think I'm going to make dice now." Like, is that kind of, uh, <laughs> cause like a handful of me and my friends were been talking for a while about, um, just even like Skype in at the beginning of the pandemic and stuff and like hanging out doing Jackbox games and all the things that everybody was doing for a while. Mm-hmm. And we decided to try doing some D and D. I was like, I'll make some dice for everybody if you want to do this. So he waited like a month for me to do all that. And then just kind of mailed them out to everybody and started playing. Nice. I've never played D and D ever. Mm. It's fun. <laughs> if you're in the mood for it, it's it's fun. I've just, I've just no, yeah, yeah. I feel like all my all my, my friends and like people in my circle are like, yeah, D and D. Like they've played. I'm like, I have no idea. I've never played it. It seems like it's having a big resurgence. It does, now, and I too. wonder. I wonder if it's because of the pandemic yeah. too, because it was a really easy thing to socialize. Yeah, doing it over Zoom is very easy. Mm. I, uh, for me, I mean, I, I the older kids were into it when I was young, mm-hmm. like it was like the, the kids that were maybe, you know, a couple of grades ahead of me. So I was too young to play with them and the kids that I was the same age as they just weren't interested in it. Like we were playing with other things, you know, playing with GI Joes and transformers. So it's really fun when, you know, there was like a, there was a perfect age in like, was it, was it like 1982, 83 <laughs> was like when it really, really, really hit. Like it was the big thing. Um, and, I so I was like seven. I was just too young for it. But then oh. the kids I knew that were like twelve and thirteen were obsessed, like toys and big spreads and binders. And like when I when I saw the first season of Stranger Things, I'm like, "Yep, that is exactly what it was like <laughs> for the kids that were really into it." Oh yeah, yeah. I imagine if I started doing it before the pandemic, we'd have huge tabletops going and everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> because I don't think there's an out for it. Like everybody that gets into it just gets further into it. Nobody goes gets into it and then goes, "Yeah, I'm not really into this anymore." It's like, no, I need to do more. Like I need to, I need to do what Bob did and make a digital table to play it more effectively. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the crack of tabletop gaming. So, um, I, I what I like what I like about your stuff though. There's a there's um an incredible amount of artistry that goes into it. Like your guitars are very, very clean. 
your dice towers are incredibly incredibly clean your dice themselves incredibly incredibly clean like your your workmanship on everything you do is over the top and i'm wondering are, are you just like cuz we always we we've had the full range of people we've had the imperfectionist and then we've had the complete anal retentive perfectionist and i'm wondering are you just a perfectionist or are you just lucky like what's the deal like it's definitely one of those things where like every thing i've built i can point you to like every single flaw like i can see mm-hmm. it still you know yeah um it's perfectionist to the point where no one's gonna notice what's wrong mm-hmm <laughs> Okay. So, so you can go if, so, if, I, if you yeah. put it in someone else's hands, they go, "Yes, yeah, it's fine." Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, but I also think when you talk about your background and stuff, like you've been making and doing things, look, just like artistic, generally speaking, your whole life, though. So it makes sense that that would yeah, carry and, through. Because I've been doing woodworking since pretty much nonstop since like high school, shop in some form or another. But so it's just like you know. Uh, 20 years of experience at this point. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, gross. Um, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and that's usually, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a perfectionist, but I definitely have like a level that I try to get to on everything in my head. Kind of like I know it when I see it. Mm-hmm. This is a very high level of, I mean, it's, seriously, I'm not just saying that to kiss your ass because you're on the screen <laughs> in front of me, but like there is a very high level of, you know, workmanship in what you do. And it's very impressive. Like just look at even... I, you have the you have the stones to actually take close ups of your work. Like a lot of us, yeah. a lot of us, it's like no, from across the room, that's gorgeous. Like yep, that's as far as you're going to see it from, too. Yeah, close ups are just so you can't see how dirty everything else is. Yeah, no, I, there's. <laughs> yeah, you can see the item, just not the space that it's contained in. Yeah. So where you you you're you've been woodworking for a really long time now. For me. I'm just speaking from my own um, my own experience. I really have a hard time keeping my attention on any one thing anymore. Like I find myself liking to jump between skills and I'd rather be learning new things than mastering things I already know. Um, so how how does your mind work with that? Because 20 years of doing any one thing for me just seems like I would never be able to do that. Like I couldn't focus that long on anything so oh there's definitely if you like it's i know it's hard to scroll through instagram these days but if, like going back yeah. in my thing i've i try so many different things just jump around stick. or just because i just like to keep trying new things but i don't want to get bogged down for some reason on other stuff it was mm-hmm. the same thing with like the dice kind of that just kind of took off I'm like oh i'm just gonna get super into this for a while and see how long this goes for <laughs> um but i was doing a lot of like concrete casting and like printmaking for a while a couple of years ago mm-hmm. Um, anything that's usually kind of like woodworking adjacent, I kind of try to stretch into at some point. You're like a, a, re- a renaissance maker, a but renaissance you return. Man. See, the difference between you and me is you return back to the things you love. I get <laughs> bored with them and then I don't go back to them ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, is, is some of that just a product? Like, because you're a woodworker full time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, is some of that just a product of which is what you do? I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely most of that. Um, for, for a living, you don't have a choice with the woodworking, but to yeah, get really great point, at it. At this point, I need to use some of the tools I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even just kind of uh, down in my shop, I have like one room that's all um, like the loud tools, and I have all the like, hand tools and guitar making stuff in the other room. Okay. I have like a little corner where I do all the casting stuff, so, and then I got a little bit of metalworking stuff, mostly just kind of grinding and that type of stuff. Um, 
like soldering stations. So I've, the one thing about the the guitars is kind of like a pretty broad range of yeah. things because like doing like a little bit of electronic stuff, doing tiny tiny bits of metalwork, but lots of like epoxy, um, lots of pattern routing, hand tool stuff. Just kind of covers like everything. It covers a lot. So as someone who is coming to learning how to make electric guitars with a background in woodworking, what was the most challenging element to master with making guitars coming from your background? Uh, the That's a really long pause. Um, it's okay. No, take your time. <laughs> I, couldn't, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell my screen froze, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I don't really No, Because like when I um, first started doing it, a lot of it was all just hand tool stuff. So it's kind of <laughs> it's the exact same tools I was using to make furniture. I was using to make the guitars. Mm -hmm. um, so all that kind of like felt pretty natural switch. Because like, it's hand tools and just a lot of like router stuff. And then... The biggest thing is just making sure everything lines up in a straight, mm -hmm. like lines up on the right line. Um, but other than that, it just kind of felt not easy, but just like similar to what I've been doing. Have you been okay. tempted? Have you been tempted to? Because I know that there's, you know, controversy over, you know, is a CNC woodworking or whatever. But are you tempted to like get a get a CNC and start cranking out bodies and oh, stuff like that? Like, yeah. is it? Does that temptation hit? My hands hurt so much all the time. So, I wish I had a CNC. So actually, Adam, yes. I feel like you are a very qualified candidate to answer Ooh. this question. Ooh. Is CNC woodworking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even think about it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's so much work goes into all the yeah. illustrator, like the design stuff on the other end. Yeah, uh, just like even just like watching the machine to make sure it doesn't blow up half the time is <laughs> its own stressful job. It's like asking. Um, I always, to me, I always liken it to like you know somebody that's using like hand saws and going, yeah. "Is is a power is a circular saw woodworking?" Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, because I would I would much rather use just like a table saw than sit there for twenty five minutes with a hand saw. Exactly. Yeah, I also think that there's often times when I I default to digital tools just because that's my comfort zone. But there's often times where I'm sitting there thinking this would be so much easier to do with anything but this. Yeah. You know. And yeah. Yeah. There have been yeah. many times like I when I do coaster sets are a good example, right? You look at a coaster set and go, "Oh, I just put a slap of, a slab of wood on the on the CNC, and then forty minutes <laughs> later, I have five coasters plus the stand, and it's great, and it's <laughs> wonderful." And but when you really think about it, how long would it have actually taken you to get that wood to the right size and just lop off squares? Like not long, not it long. Really doesn't take that long, and you know. The only time I ever felt like the CNC was saving me money is when I had a lot going on. And I was doing a lot because, haha, you know, the CNC would go and I would totally let the CNC go and not sit there watching it and wondering about how much time I was saving by it doing things. I was yeah. totally not doing that because that would be a waste of time. So, because I would mostly love one just for cutting out like forms mm -hmm. for like the router because I yeah. just burned through so many of those. Like, I have like a bunch of tons of MDF and then really thin chipboard ones. I just break those all the time. Laser yeah. baby, yeah. Because I'll tell you what, you know, I this is going to piss a lot of people off, but I think lasers are way better than CNCs because mm. lasers are much faster. Like, yeah, but I, they're so different. I think it's comparing apples and oranges, though. Fair enough. Have fair you enough. ever tried one of those CNCs where you can attach a laser bit to it? 
I... It's just like an open beam of fire. <laughs> that was like a really bad I've, idea. But I've cool. not. I've I just not. Because been... like Rockler, every once in a while, like advertises them, and I just keep wondering who actually I... does that. It like I'm just racking my brain as to how one would efficient like. I'm sure there's a really obvious answer to this. Like racking my brain as to how one would actually make that machine. Cause like, I think that people think you can just stick a laser beam on the end of a CNC. Like that's not really how a laser cutter works. <laughs> it's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's not just like some attachment you click on. It's like a system of mirrors. So like, how does, yeah, anyway. Well, if the, if, if, okay. If you could replace, I'm just thinking out loud, right? If you yeah. could replace the spindle with a down pointing fixed focus laser, yeah. With a gap meter that you can basically say. But the where's gap the laser though? In the spindle. Take the spindle out. Yeah, but that's put... not that long of a laser. That won't be able to do much of anything. Because a laser, the, the amount of like gusto a laser gets is related to that's how true. physically large and long the laser that's is. That's so like if you're trying to have a laser that's gonna do like a glowforge laser, like the laser tube slides along yeah. the y-axis and, and spans the whole width of the machine. The physical laser tube, that's, and if you think about how deep you can get with like a Glowforge laser, you can't get deeper than that because you need a longer laser. Well, so they you need a bigger those, machine. They did have anyway. those things for the, for the Shape Oco. I forgot who, what, com- what the company was that made them, and 50 million people now are screaming at their radios with the name of this company. But yeah, they yeah. made that attachment that you could attach right to the gantry. And it was a diode laser, and it was like seven watts. Which yeah. you're not cutting anything with a seven watt laser. But it's you're like it's it. more for like engraving than anything else. Yeah, that yeah. Maybe that's the answer to all this. Like, yeah, that that that's my answer. It's for engraving, guys. <laughs> cut, yeah, cut with the laser. Cut with the CNC. Engrave with the laser. That's Bada-bing. and it would be really convenient to be able to do both in one machine. Like, I don't that know. Would I think it's probably going to be some sort of like switching time though. I'm not so sold. I feel like whenever there's like machines that are like magical, miracle, all in ones, it's like, oh, it's like a bad version of all of them. Yeah. Like you ha- there's always something you're giving. So it's like, yeah, I can do seven things poorly on this one machine. So the, the shopsmith. I was just going to say the Yeah, let's it. go back to the shopsmith. To, use, to, to adjust uh, the angle of the, saw, the table saw blade when you mm-hmm. use that as a table saw, you have to adjust the bed. So if you're cutting a 45 degree angle on the table saw, the bed is tilted to 45 degrees. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. You're pushing a piece of wood through, trying to hold it up against the fence without it and your hand sliding into the blade. What could uh, go wrong? There's no... At least mine didn't have like anything underneath the blade at all. So there's also just a loose blade uh, underneath the table kind of spinning where like the rest of your body is. <laughs> I love it. No, but it I hate it, but I love it. Cuts yeah. great. <laughs> you know that's this is like but there was i forgot who it was but somebody posted on either instagram or youtube or something it was like the textbook from a 1950s shop class and every single picture was the instructor doing something that you would never do today, never do today. i like the ones where it's had a sharpen um some sort of blade on a jointer or is it jointer blades on a table saw one of those oh. something where you like use a jointer to sharpen a different blade <laughs> I'll think of this. I can't. I can't nope that hard. <laughs> it's, you know, my, I I will say that like so. I I've told this story, but my dad's table. We were we were pretty poor, and my dad. But my dad was a carpenter, so he wanted a table saw. So the table saw was a wooden folding ta- folding table with a circular saw bolted to the bottom with the nice. blade popping up through the top. No fence, no blade guard, no riving knife, a riving knife. We're men here. We don't need no riving knives. <laughs> and his fence was a two by four with two clamps. Like that was his, 
you know, when he and it's like, God, like I'm looking at I I think like that was when I was a kid. That was just the way it was. Right. But now <laughs> I look at that and go, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what are you? Are you insane? Like this is there's no way. Plus, you can't was, shut it off. There was <laughs> there was wood to be worked, Vincent. Exactly. And you know, in, to his credit, he did some crazy things with that table plus saw. I won't even call yeah. it a table saw. It's a table plus saw. But thinking about it now, like the circular, so like you had to go under the table, crawl literally crawl under the table to the middle of the table, and put um. He had a wire tie. That he would just <laughs> tighten on the trigger. It's like that's running, and if it's a problem, well, get to the wall and unplug it. Hurry, <laughs> yeah. kick back, schmick back, you know. But yeah, hey, it works. But that's what the shopsmith came out of that mindset, where it's like I got a job to do, guys. I ain't got time for all this wimpy safety stuff. I feel like the newer ones kind of take that have uh, improved a bit. Oh, a little. <laughs> that's my understanding. A smidge. Um. I, yeah, I wasn't even I wasn't even aware that this was a thing. Well, because so like because it's the same the table saw motor is just the same motor for everything. Mm-hmm. So they have these little couplings on the side where you have take like a it looks like a cartoon like battery thing where you kind of like attach like a diode to this thing and then put it into another little coupling on like the bandsaw attachment. So like <laughs> the main machine is spinning and that's turning the other little power tools. There's a okay. part of me that's saying Grant Alexander has one mm. or had his grandfather's or something like. There's some connection with him I mean, and that machine. It looks. I'm like looking at pictures. It it's looks terrifying. Like um, I I it's <laughs> it makes a statement in the shop. For sure. <laughs> if I walked into someone's shop and saw that, I'd be like, whoa, okay. It is like, a very good lathe. I'll give it okay. that. Okay, like, Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, no, just I was gonna I ask Adam. Um, where is that shopsmith that you learned on? Uh, that is still my parents' basement. My dad keeps saying whenever I have room for it, he'll drop it off to get it out of there. Oh, wow. (laughs) Are you going to take it? Yeah, yeah. At some point. It's it's so fucking big. It's really, it is really big. (laughs) Because I I was like, I remember turning like, it was like a 12 inch wide bowl on it. um, of just kind of like some wood I found off of like Woodcraft or eBay or somewhere. Um, So the, the machine's like aluminum. So it's light. So you can do all these movings around. But if the. Once like the square like blank starts turned, the whole machine starts like hopping across the floor. Oh, no. So I would I would just like wedge every other machine in the shop kind of next to it to keep it in the same spot. <laughs> so like eventually you still just kind of push everything back as you're kind of like digging into it and realize like, oh, I've moved four feet. <laughs> it's not going good. It's not going good. <laughs> yeah. It's- it doesn't seem like it should be a thing, and yet it's a thing. It's <laughs> exactly. Like, the only machine I'm that terrified of is a radial arm saw. Like I am absolutely horrified that those exist. Like they scare the <laughs> absolute bejesus out of me. I just—they look like torture devices. Like they should be in a Bond movie, like cutting off limbs. Because so I was working for a um, a furniture maker and artist in Middletown, Rhode Island, for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Uh, he used a radial arm saw for doing dados. Mm-hmm. Uh, not dados. Um, yeah, dados. Um, Mm-hmm. Dados and rabbits and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was all on. He did all reclaimed wood, so everything was like uneven and everything. So we would have these giant like beams from um, like warehouses from like the 1920s and stuff that we'd have to like shim and make everything flat to try to use this giant saw to make dados across. Putting the dado stack on that thing was oh my god, <laughs> this is horrifying. <laughs> There's there's something about I don't know what I think it's because the blade is kind of just hanging there like I think that's what it is which it's like the scariness of a miter saw without the um without the constraints 
like so to speak so it's like that's what i think that's what's scary about it to me like it just looks like it could like at any moment just come back to you like i'm coming here i come <laughs> like they just i forgot who we had on but we had somebody on he's like nah the radial arm saw is the greatest thing ever like i don't know why, why you're so scared of it i don't know there's a reason they don't make them anymore that's i'll tell you that much but <laughs> it's it's interesting because you know hand tools haven't changed so much really they, they've gotten better they made they make them out of better materials maybe or but power tools very very different from how they used to be very very yeah. very different like even just thinking about 20 years ago the tools from 20 years ago you know i mean i had a cordless drill that had a 16 volt battery on it that you know i got maybe seven or eight minutes of use out of it you know, now I have batteries on my DeWalt drill in my shop. I don't know the last time I put it on the charger and it's still got three bars of battery in it. Like it just, they last for an eternity now. So we're very spoiled. Yeah, we are spoiled. <laughs> do you, Finally. Do you like, yeah, yeah. do you like the therapeutic aspect of working with the hand tools on the guitars? Cause I know a lot of people that, you know, do woodwork. They, ha they tend to like when they want to calm down and get to their Zen happy place, instead of raking little baskets of sand they work with hand tools so is that like a happy place for you or is it just like a necessary evil uh i guess a little bit of both because okay. kind of just being out in the shop is a little little zen bit for mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. um because usually like doing that stuff with the like kind of like doing like the carving out like the entire bodies and stuff that's just kind of fun i guess mm -hmm. which just makes it a little bit zen hmm. sure <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Uh, yes, then. <laughs> yes, okay, awesome. I wish, I wish, I wish the listeners could have video. Yeah, because one thing about Adam, I've known, I mean, we've known each other like virtually, whatever. We've known each other for a bit. Like Adam is so funny. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm sure people tell you that all the time, but you're just like a naturally funny person. There's a there's a pose in his Enlighten Us video, and I think it's actually on your Instagram too, where he's like reclined back next to the next to the lights you made. You just reclined back, like like um just way back from and just leg up and just kind of yeah. chilling. And it's I like, sat there. That, I filmed that at like four in the morning, uh, like the night before I needed to like upload it. That's dangerous. I sat in a chair for like fifteen minutes, just not blinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I did notice that you didn't blink in that entire video, which is very, very funny. Um, yeah, but I think part of I think part of what it is with you too, Adam, is I don't think you're you're like unexpectedly really funny. Mm -hmm. Like you don't I, come in and you're not just like ha ha the funny guy. No, you just you're just yourself, and then so, and you'll just let something drop, and it's so damn funny, and it's always gold. I like anyway. to be subtle and then really commit to a bit. You do. You commit to the bit. You do. <laughs> You're like you had stickers at one point that was Mount Rushmore, but like with your face. I have this one was, all of them. This is this is one I did for the dice. Oh yeah, you you committed to the bit. You committed to the bit. <laughs> I have I have one of your old stickers on my sticker board, which isn't up in my new shop yet. But I have one of your old stickers nice. with you on Mount Rushmore, which is really really funny. Because yeah. I made that because one of my friends said he would. Uh, he was weirdly talked into if he getting a that he would pay for it i would pay for a tattoo of my face on his body oh and then i drew this beautiful picture of mount rushmore uh to go along with it okay. but then it kind of fell apart after that oh it's not tattooed on him no unfortunately what a what a bummer 
I wanted to do it like shoulder to shoulder across his back. <laughs> oh, that's too much. But anyway, <laughs> you go through all that effort. I mean, what was the effort for then? Like, ugh. well, now I got a great sticker though. So but, I mean, but, you know. how did your friend tell you that the tattoo wasn't happening? Uh, I think he was pretty against it from the get go. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think you would do the damn drawing. That's, that's what it was. As we've established, Adam commits to a bit, though. So <laughs> when that energy's not matched, that's just frustrating. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know you. I, I didn't know you drew that. So you can. I, I didn't know you had that skill well, in you YouTube. Well, this, this just, that was just Photoshop. That was me just sitting in my room laughing hysterically as I made four little photos, and then just uh, I think like a live trace in Illustrator on Mount Rushmore. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's it is. I I didn't even realize it till just now, but it's also your avatar on your YouTube channel, which is, oh, yeah. I'm, now I'm cracking up. Just about it. I'm just picturing you alone in your room taking pictures of your face to get the angles right. Yeah, alone. It's a it's a lot of that and just kind of laughing out loud. Somebody comes in the room. Adam, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. At, at this just ignores it. <laughs> so. As far as as far as skills go, is there anything that you really like on your bucket list of skills? Is there anything where you're like, I, I really want to learn that? Like that's a cool thing that I have no idea how to do, but I think I'd really enjoy it. Like, is there anything that on that list for you? I don't think there's anything like, particular I want to like learn, learn. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I've at least been fortunate enough to like try a lot of stuff. Because mm-hmm. like, like I've, I've I've done a lot of like I did a lot of decent amount of metalworking in grad school and then kind of afterwards um there's blacksmithing at like a lot of the maker events recently um i feel like those two are the the kind of like big other things like it'd be really cool to do these things um yeah it's really funny because i was really when when everybody started learning how to weld i got very excited i'm like yes that's what i want to learn next and then everybody moved on from welding to forging and blacksmithing <laughs> yeah, I was like damn it i missed the boat like i'm out of it like i gotta wait till the the loop comes back around and everybody starts welding again because that's what i want to learn i want to be know, on that do crowd. you know how to weld i have no idea i've never held oh, a welder i really like it I, I don't I do feeling. it much, but every time I do, I'm like, oh, I should do more of this. I really want to try it. Like, you can get a really decent. I've heard that the Harbor Freight, um, the multi-process welders are actually decent. I like, have they're no not idea. Link, they're not Lincoln caliber stuff, but like, you can get yourself outfitted for like two grand. Like everything, helmet, you know, all your stuff, and it's like it's very tempting. Like, but yeah. I don't have a. I may not have a place to do this stuff soon, so I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I need to open up another can of worms in my life. Like, it seems like you got a pretty decent sized room behind you. You can get like a metal yeah, welder <laughs> curtain <laughs> going. In my living room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a multi-purpose living- activity yeah. room. <laughs> the multi-purpose activity room needs a welder. Yeah. Vincent. Do you understand? I'm 46 years old, single, and I live in a basement. Do you understand what my I life is? I think you need to lean into that and have a welder as well in the basement. The next, um, you know what? I should borrow. I should borrow Grant's project from Enlighten Us, which is the BMW bumper with the headlights, and put that mm. on the wall and just be like. This is this used to be a garage. Now it's my apartment. <laughs> now and it's my apartment. I'm <laughs> just leaving it that way. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I, 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 I do see what you're saying though with the with the blacksmithing because it does seem like everything. Like there's there's a lot of like especially at um at Blackthorn there's a lot of oh, yeah. the um the hammer ins are just constant. There's one like every month now. Um, yeah, it seems like it. 
it's a skill that I tried and I just didn't didn't click for me. And yet I see all my friends are like, oh, I got the bug and I love doing this. And I'm like, I didn't even like doing it. Yeah, like I did it at, <laughs> I did it at, at Spring Make. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, this is cool, but I'm also really tired. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, which is good. But I also, I find it, and obviously it's probably because I'm not that good at it, but I just yeah. don't, I don't find that there's much that I need it for. Yeah, that's the other thing. Same with like, or at least for me, was like the metal stuff, like the hand, the little bit of like grinding and soldering that I do do is, yeah. that's all I really need. It's practical yeah. Um, yeah. too. And you need it. And it's like, go oh, for furniture and stuff. It's, it's like, like okay, if I ever yeah, like, yeah. had a bigger project, I'd definitely kind of like, if not invest in something more, at least find a way to yeah. find when a you- sweet makerspace to go to, to do some metal work at. Makers I, that's, up. that's what I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. Welder. I want, I want like a place I want, you know, like makerspaces are cool, but makerspaces do tend to be like woodworking, you know, desktop, um, digital fabrication, stuff like that. Like I want, like, I want the mall of America for makerspaces. Yeah. Like every skill, like whatever you want to learn, you want to learn knitting. Here's the place for knitting. (laughs) You want to like, that's like what we want to do with makerspaces. So awesome. That's like the dream. Right, like I have a funny. I have a. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk. No, just the obscure. I'm sorry, but I just get. I'm getting (laughs) lost in this idea that I can't afford to make reality. So go for it. (laughs) I I have a funny story about Spring Make though, which is just kind of ironic and loosely links to all of this. Um, we had gone. Michael and I had gone to Spring Make, and it was. If if you follow the podcast, you know basically the gist of it. Like we had never been to an event before, anything like that, and we were like, let's go to a weird internet convention. Like, woo! Worst case, this will just be some weird thing we did once and best case you know we'll have a great time and so on but we were we were like driving out to the event and we had a youtube channel but it had just a couple things on it because we were going to be going to this event so we were like okay we should like have content you know and like figure it out a little bit and we were in the car on the way to this event we had purchased tickets too and we were having our little like business meeting where we were like what's our goals for this event like what do we want to come out of this with and michael just looked and he was like i want a free welder because it was like an influencer (laughs) event you know what i mean (laughs) so michael's like i want a free welder and i was like yeah like whatever like do we want a realistic goal and then michael being michael is like a free welder that's my realistic goal and I mean, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it. But they did a raffle on the very last day of the event. And we won out of everyone that was there. We won the raffle and got a, got a welder from Lincoln from Spring of course, Make. So not even like, not even like an off brand, like, no, you know, Amazon is, Chinese one. Nope. Lincoln it is <laughs> a really nice welder that is far past like my skill level at all. But we do have a really nice welder from that event. I got a welding helmet. Did you? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Wait, wait, did you win the raffle too? Yeah. It was yeah. The, that cartoon with the, the the 70s cartoon with like the rat. I forget what that. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I know the exact one. one of those on it. Yeah. I know the exact one you're talking about. That's so cool. There was a lot of people <laughs> there too. Like, yeah. it was it was a very difficult that raffle a, to that win. It wasn't the raffle. There was, um, they stuck something under your seat. Oh, I actually think I remember you getting that. So, like, that was just like, a real random one. Yeah. Yeah. The best part, I just remember going through the airport on the way home. They gave like everyone um, in like the goodie bag. They gave everyone just like, um, like big like metal blocks for like squares for like welding. Oh, yeah, so, they did. And they just like they like tore my bag apart trying to figure out what these were. And they're just like, <laughs> everybody's been coming through with these. What were you guys doing? I was like, oh yeah, we just went to this thing. This event, man. Yeah, we luckily drove, so we just put our welder in the back oh, of the yeah. car. And then of course Michael is very stoic if you know him at all, and he just goes like, <laughs> so we we're like driving back, and he goes like, we did a very good job achieving our our objectives 
how many times did Michael write his name in the in the raffle? We just I think we just bought like one ticket. Like we didn't it was fully coincidental. <laughs> Damn, that man should buy a lotto ticket like immediately. He is really lucky. He wins everything. And oh. passed to Sarah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll just be your good friend and I'll just say he got really lucky because he won you too, Brooke. Oh. <laughs> Adorable. I try. I try. <laughs> anyway. I try to be the sweet, nice guy and it always ends up coming off like, <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really... I, so when I lived in when I lived in New York, I was planning on one day. It was always going to be one day, right? It was like one day, one day, one day, one day. I was going to take. They have at Rockland County Community College. They had um, a six week course. Um, you just had to bring your own helmet and your own gloves and your own, um, you know, attire. You had to bring that. They supplied the machine, and you had to pay for materials. So it was like six hundred and fifty dollars plus mater- plus your outfit. And it was uh, six or six or twelve weeks, and I was so interested in taking it, and I kept missing the deadline, kept missing the deadline, and finally, by the time I was able to make the deadline, I looked at it seriously and went, "Am I going to really do anything with this, or am I going to spend a bunch of money to try this?" Because it was right after I tried blacksmithing, and I realized I didn't even like it, and I was like, <laughs> "I love that we're just like crapping on blacksmithing." Oh, it's not. I'm not. <laughs> I'll never crap on it. The artistry of it is incredible. It's just, I can't, I couldn't, I still to this day don't understand why I didn't like it so much. And when you said, but I'm tired. And I remember, (laughs) it's funny because that's exactly how I felt afterwards. And then for three days, I was blowing soot out of my nose because we were using a coal forge. And I'm like, this has got to be why I don't like this. Like, it's got to be like, I'm dirty. It's hard to breathe. And my arm hurts. It's like there's way more fun ways to get to this point. You just gonna wear like so many layers. It's just, it's just like a lot of stuff. It's like well, sweaty and hot. Yeah. So I didn't know this. I mean, I guess I should have figured it out, but I'm an idiot. So we step into this tiny. It was an. It was in a restoration farm from like the yeah. 1800s, right? And it's this tiny little room, and it's black, like dark, like dark, dark, dark. And I'm like, I can't see anything. And the teacher goes, "That's by design." He goes, yeah. you can only see the color of the steel when it's when it's this dark. You can really get a good gauge for the color of the steel. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm already thinking, like, I don't like being in dark places. Like, I want all the lights, right? I want, mm-hmm. I want stadium lights on everything. So I'm like, all right, fine. I can deal with it. And he takes the hammer out, and he's like, okay, I'm going to show you guys real quick you know, how to, how to move some metal. We're just going to do that to begin with. So it starts up the forge and we get all of us, get our forges going, we'll go whenever I put this on, he puts it on the anvil and he's got like a five pound sledge and he's just wailing on it. And my ears are just <laughs> ringing. Like they're screaming. And I'm like, is it going to be, cause it was a six hour course. I'm like, is it going to be six hours of this? Cause I'm not ready for this. Like I had a gallon of water with me cause I knew it was going to be hot, but I was not ready for that. And I was just such a whiny little, like, it's like, this is not what I want to do. Like, ugh. I think I have my, I think I have what I made. You guys, now, you guys catch up, but I think I have what I made actually right here. Oh yeah, we, yeah. I'd love to see it. I'm dying to like go blacksmithing now and just witness this firsthand, though. It's like specifically like your b- mental breakdown. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I of this, what a breakdown! Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that bad? No, I don't have it here. 
Yeah. I thought I did. And then at the end of the day, you get like a like a janky handle. Oh, so that's the best part. Wait, so this is or the like best a nail. Part. Yeah. So, I, so he goes. <laughs> we're such so haters. Everybody's like, so the the teacher who was a really cool guy, and we actually actually had more fun talking to him because I was telling him all about how you know because he didn't know anything about woodworking, so he was asking me all kinds of questions. So we were having a nice exchange of skills. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, so what do you want to make today? I was like, I want to make a marking knife. Because I figured, you know, we're making small things. We have small pieces of steel. I'm like, a marking knife would be great. He goes, what's a marking knife? I'm like, oh, crap. How do you explain a marking knife to someone that doesn't work with wood? And I'm like, well, it's kind of like a double, like a pointy thing. And, you know, you, you use it instead of a pencil to get more accurate marks. He goes, okay, draw it. And he hands me a piece of soapstone and points me at the anvil. He's like, draw it on here and let's see what we can do. And I'm like this. And he goes, oh, everybody wants to make a damn knife. That's what he said. He goes, everybody that comes to this course, everybody sees forge and fire and thinks they're going to make a damn knife. All right, hold on. Let me get you something. He gets you this piece of steel. He goes, all right, you're going to start moving this. It's going to take you probably the entire course. I think I got halfway through it. And he's like, he looked at me. He goes, you're not enjoying this, are you? I'm like, not really. He goes, you want to use the angle grinder? I'm like, yep. He goes, all right, I'll get you the angle grinder. And I had much more fun with the angle grinder than I did like trying to move metal. Yeah. But like, what else do they expect you to want to make besides a knife in those classes? It seems so it was just like the obvious thing. So there was a bottle guy, opener. No yeah. joke. There was a guy who was like a freaking prodigy, right? He comes in, he makes this twisted iron. Um, what do they call those things? The, the L-shaped things that go under shelves. There's a name for them. It's a C, a, a corbel. He made a corbel with a hole in it. Then made the hook, and it was a planter, huh. and it was inc- it was beautiful. And I'm like, and and so it was like, have you ever? And he goes, the teacher Phil goes, have you ever done this before? And he goes, this is my first time. He goes, <laughs> son, if this is your first time. Get you a course and start doing this more because you're good at this. And it's like, I got this janky little thing. My brother-in-law has a a literally. He tried to make um, a knife, and he ended up making literally the world's longest, widest toothpick. Ooh, <laughs> you know. Have you ever? You sorry, sorry, finisher. Finish no, no. Her. And I'm like, and this guy's got like a corbel that's twisted. He did the full twist on it. It's got the hole. He actually used the hardy hole and put the put the hole in the top like he drifted a hole through it like the guy had never done this before yeah. and it's like just a natural and it was pissing everybody off yeah. But, yeah have you ever what what to what extent have you blacksmithed before adam um the little bit at maker's workshop and then um, uh, maker's workshop and maker. maker's, sorry, <laughs> i was like spring I was, make. It's like we don't know we don't know forge. <laughs> the little bit at spring make and then okay. at uh, a field trip to sturbridge village oh yeah we had we had uh, alan kerboy on yeah. he was blacksmith there we know <laughs> yes yeah i was i was gonna i was gonna say it but then i didn't say it well, that's okay yeah. i'll say it every time it's every fine. time i'll make yeah. up for it <laughs> it's fine yeah well, uh-huh. I have a funny, like, I have another funny Michael story. Hopefully this isn't boring to everybody, but, like, we went to a pottery class at one point, like, early on when we were first dating. And it was, like, wheel throwing or something. We were just, like, it was just supposed to be, like, a silly, just fun thing. And Michael starts whipping out these huge platters <laughs> on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> which like michael went to art school like you know whatever he's not a potter but he's like like and, and and furthermore beyond me just sitting there feeling inadequate next to him the teacher 
does the whole thing where they make everyone in the 20 person class look at him (laughs) and she's like this is amazing like look at these beautiful platters like everyone should be like should be like him and then you know michael just like quietly keeps going and then he like starts nudging me and he goes he goes how do you make it go up <laughs> and then after he nails everything, Brooke is just thinking, "I gotta drive home with this. I, home with this. I can't. I, it's gonna be unbearable in the car." Like, <laughs> but he he couldn't figure out how to get that. Like the, if you've ever wheeled, he couldn't figure yeah. out how to get it to like go upwards. So he That's could make funny. really even, beautiful platters, but nothing else. And he got too embarrassed to ask the teacher because he was the prize pupil. So. <laughs> He essentially made the cutting board of ceramics. Like yes. it's like uh, I can make anything as long as it's flat. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we did like a wheel throwing class a couple of years ago in town. Okay, um, we have a lot of like empty ashtrays right now because of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude, the slab building stuff was pretty easy. Most like the wheel stuff was it was almost like a doing a really weird lathe kind of because it's like the same things but just different. Yeah, and it makes and- sense, but. I understand what you mean, though. Yeah. But it was just a lot of really, like, short, thick mugs. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. Oh, yeah. Ramekins. They're all ramekins. You made a bunch of ramekins. And you can have all the lava cake you can possibly tolerate. As we're talking about this, I wish I knew where some of these platters were. Because, like, I don't (laughs) think we still have any. I really, really, that is a skill. See, you know, I asked you before, like, do you have any bucket list skills? I feel like ceramics for me throwing a pot and doing that kind of stuff like i don't know that i want to do it more than once or twice but i want to try it like it it's there's so many things i want to try and you know around here it's more of a like oh if you want to try that you got to buy the equipment and try it yourself where it's like and there's a lot of parts of the country where it's like i want to learn how to do stained glass well here take a stained glass course here's the place that you can learn that yeah in, you know? and it's like, do you have a lot of that out near you me Oh no! I miss, I was asking Vincent. Oh, I have no no. Because I feel, and Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. I do feel as though in Massachusetts, it's available. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's where I see the people that are doing this yeah. stuff are like, yeah. Because there's also a lot of people who do it. Um, I found um, uh, somebody who does stained glass up in Vermont, who like sells little stained glass kits. So it'll be just like okay. it'll be like four sheets of like colored glass and all like the the solder and all that stuff for however much money. And she yeah. does like a twelve part like YouTube tutorial, kind of just like here's how we're gonna make this one thing. So I've seen like a lot of decent ones like those in the last couple of years, where it's like here buy this kit. It's kind of small. We're gonna make one thing, but it'll yeah. get you like a good intro and in like how to do these things. Every yeah. time I watch When Geeks Craft and I see Nicole doing something else out of stained glass, it's just like, oh my god! She's I really, want. she's really gotten elaborate with it. Oh my god, she did that pizza box post-it note holder, and it's just like, it just, it just gets more and more. Do you see? The, have you been watching her stories, you guys? Have you seen the piece that she's working on now? I don't think so. So she's doing it's a like massive a... piece based on the game, the PlayStation game Horizon um, oh, was, West. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's gigantic. Like it is huge. And she's just cranking on it. And I can't even like whatever. It's funny how, yeah, it's, it's mind boggling what she's doing. I, 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 again, motivation between her and like Dean's mom. It's like, (laughs) it's what they do. This is the stuff that they do. And this is what I want to do. 
I just don't like, I know I'm going to get to the point where it's like, I like doing this, but I really want that grinder. And I feel like once you buy that grinder for 200 bucks, like now you're in, like you have to do more stained glass. You're committing to doing stained glass by buying that grinder. And I don't want to do that, but. But if it's like fun, if it's like a fun afternoon is worth $200, it's kind of a trade off, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be fun for a while. I'll have a weird you're, lampshade you're, afterwards. You're a bad influence. You're supposed to talk me down from this. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm, I'm, team, I'm with Adam. If you really want to do it. I just wait, wanna... Maybe wait till there's an occasion. Like if it's uh, Christmas or something. What I'm hoping for is somebody at Maker Camp this year is going to be teaching stained glass and have the stuff there. So that I could learn it from some, like that would be ideal. Like to just go, like like I did with blacksmithing, right? Because I would have, you know, bought a forge and bought coal and you know get steel and like I would, and I would have hated it and been like, great, now what? You know, I don't know that I'm gonna like it, but I really want to try it. <laughs> I just want to try everything. Uh, that seems like it's something at this point. Michaels would have like a weird small kit or something. So. Uh, Hobby Lobby has yeah. a ton of stained glass stuff now. A ton of it, like. Yeah, I think I think I'm just I think I'm talking myself into doing this. <laughs> I think, I really I think you should just you, life's short. That is true. You that know? is true. You know what's not short though? What? This podcast. <laughs> you know, we've been talking for like an hour already. Oh, sorry. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that was gonna go. I, uh, <laughs> you know it's not short? Only the podcast, you filthy minded bastards. Um Anyway, um, <laughs> I should I should have just I should have just not reacted. <laughs> no, you have to react. See, that's the way this works. I throw out a rhetorical question, and you act like you don't know the answer. That's that's our that's our dynamic here. <laughs> um, why don't we get Why don't we jump into things of the week real quick? Because I I ha- we have to talk about the one that Adam picked. Because I just want to preface this with saying I sent it to the ex wife, and I said this is the coolest thing you're going to see today. And she goes, my mind is blown. This is amazing. Holy crap. So tell us what your thing of the week is this week. Well, this is, I I personally discovered this Instagram account, not the other 200 million followers she has, <laughs> but it's uh, Andrea Animates. Mm-hmm. So it's all stop motion done with felting. Yes. So she felt, it, it doesn't make sense when you look at it. <laughs> it really so, doesn't. So, so there's this one video that I love where she's, making a bunt cake. So it's a tiny little kitchen. So she's doing it all with like her fingertips, but it's, everything is felted like the bottle of milk, the milk coming out, the eggs, when she cracks the eggs, the yolks are in there. She mixes it. You can see the yolks disappear into the rest of the stuff she's mixing, but it's all felt. It doesn't stop, stop make motion sense. Felting. It, it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. At one yeah, point, there's I, like a little bit of batter falls out of the pan. Just like these weird little details detail. done in felt that like, I don't, it, uh, yeah. I've definitely had Instagram serve it to me. I don't follow, but I've seen these before and they're really well done. Yeah. Oh my God. The ad. So she did an ad for Candy Crush Saga. And that was what just popped up on my thing today. Yeah. So that was the first. So I was like, when you sent it over earlier today, I'm like, oh, let me just check this out. Like, this looks interesting. Like, I thought they were stills. Then I realized they're videos. I'm like, what? And I clicked and I'm like, oh, wow. This is insane. Like the, 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 She gets the motion of the Candy Crush board moving correctly and like the effects of it going, the sound effects. And apparently that was an ad that she was commissioned to do for King, which is That's bonkers. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, I, always, I always marvel at people that have these stupidly specific skills. Yeah. 
Because I've they, seen people do like felt portraits like of like mm-hmm. people's dogs and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand yeah. how things are like she's making like smoke and like things that to, shouldn't be done in felt. <laughs> you have to wonder like what the story is when oh, yeah. she first connected with the medium. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've seen people um I'm sure everyone on that listens to this podcast knows who Jazza is. Mm-hmm. Um Jazza is probably the most popular art channel on YouTube at this point. And he tried felting. And he's like, this is really odd. Like, this is really odd. <laughs> That's why the people that are good at it are really, really good at yeah. it. But Because like, you have to like, wash it and like stretch it and do all this stuff before it's even like a thing, too. Yeah. And then you have to like, make mm-hmm. 20 different stages of an egg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I watch, I Such watch a specific more. skill. Yeah. The work of people making it is one thing, but then to think that somebody actually kind of moves it, like to animate it, like, wait, hold on. You didn't just make something ridiculous. You're now making micro movements to the ridiculous thing to make it animate. It's well, so- then realizing that her hand is also, she's moving her hand in stop motion too to do those things. So she's, you know, spinning yeah. the whisk like a fraction of a second with her hand while doing that yeah. in stop motion. Like, I wonder how long one of those takes to film. Because it looks like she she did like a feature length movie. Uh, I don't know if it's how long it is, but about where was it? Some fairy tale. (laughs) This is what's genius about being a maker, though. Whatever your skill is, there's a market for it. It's Thumbelina. So I don't know. I don't know how long it is, but it's like uh, one of the links in her in her Instagram profile to it called Mm -hmm. Tulip underscore Film crazy absolutely crazy oh yeah watch tulip video on demand oh wow i this so the channel is um at andrea animates um a-n-d-r-e-a animates on on uh, instagram she has 1.6 million followers actually 1.6 and one i realized i didn't follow her from earlier but (laughs) i don't follow her either i'm just dumbfounded by what she does like it's it doesn't seem possible. You know, she, I had the same reaction to her stuff that I had the first time I saw Chris Raley's stuff and Steve Casino's stuff. Like the same kind of reaction where it's like, you know, Chris Raley with the ridiculous detail that he does on his miniature signs and um, and Steve Casino, the crazy sculpts that he does on like, particularly on the old games and pisses off the trolls, and, <laughs> which is genius. But it's just like, th- these are such odd skills and yet here they are in full effect and looking cool but yeah andrea her name is andrea love andrea animates on instagram and of course i will have the link to that in the show notes ms dino not to denault yeah (laughs) my thing of the week is um an uni wood-fired pizza oven Um, And we recently acquired one Um, and it's awesome because we can use our scrap wood and make pizza. It's pretty simple. I don't know what else there is to say about it. And if anyone knows how to make pizza, it's Brooke. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how good I am at making pizza versus just that I enjoy it a lot. Mm -hmm. That's actually a weird, like, I don't even want to call it an insecurity, but I always wonder that like, do people think I'm a good cook? I think people think you're a good pizza maker at the very least. I don't you know are very I'm... much associated with pizza. I, I it's just... so odd. 
<laughs> your fault. <laughs> it's never, it was not intentional at all. But anyway, yeah. So we have this wood-fired pizza oven, and it is really lovely outdoors this time of year um, where we live. So any excuse to be outside, to cook outside, and we also constantly have scrap wood, so we can use our solid hardwood scrap wood, and we can put it in the pizza oven and make delicious pizza. And we did it the first time... Um, maybe last weekend mm-hmm. cooks in like a minute. Yeah. So wow. I was just going to, I was just yeah. going to ask that. Cause I see that it gets, it gets up to 950 degrees, which is about two thirds of what it gets to like in the commercial ovens, they get to like 1500, 1600 degrees. Mm-hmm. So 950 degrees is way hotter than most people so, are accustomed to cooking at. What was it like cooking a pizza in an oven that gets that hot? <laughs> we did we ours. So here's why it's cool. So ours is cool because you feed the, um, you feed the scrap wood in the back. There's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you lift it up and you, you feed it in, but then you have a digital temperature read on the front. So you know exactly how hot you've made it. So if it starts creeping downwards, you just add more and, and you know, it makes sense. And, um, you just open it up and pop it in. We, we had to cook ours for seven at seven fifty, not nine fifty. So I mm-hmm. guess it could go up to that, but, um, super easy. I don't know. I'm not like scared of the heat or anything. So that didn't intimidate me, but you have to, you have to rotate the pizza. Oh yeah. You got, I learned that. And that's hard. Otherwise you do. end up with one black side and one raw side. But <laughs> it was really simple. It was like a minute. And then we had fresh pizza that tasted like, it tasted like pizza you'd get from a wood fired pizza place. It looked like a really nice, it looked like a really good margarita pizza. Like you, it was yeah. like, oh, this is, this is cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, we didn't. And then we did, we did chicken nuggets, bacon and caramelized onions. And that was really good. Is it like advertised like a pizza oven for makers for like scrap wood? It's just like, no, happens to make if you fit scrap no wood it just it. happened to be a, yeah, it just happened to be the, the perfect thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just great to be outside too. Oh, I don't yeah. know. In like in, in Massachusetts, like we spend so much time indoors in the winter that any excuse to be outdoors 24 seven. It's perfect. You know what I like about it though? I'll tell you what I like about it because you know, in, in, in New York, one of the big, one of the big flexes is to have an outdoor pizza oven. <laughs> Oh, yeah. People do these big brick, ridiculous brick ovens that they do outside as part of their like super patios. Mm -hmm. And you you could get this whole thing like rigged up. You get the the oven is 800 Mm -hmm. and then the gas add on is only another hundred bucks and you're done. Like, that's it. You're you're in for like nine hundred bucks, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that's quite reasonable an, when you consider what a pizza oven typically and can like, cost. You don't need an outdoor kitchen. <laughs> like let's, let's all be honest with ourselves. Do you need an outdoor kitchen? It's a flex. It's one of those weird flexes that everyone that has a really nice backyard has. And which I'm not saying it's not nice. No, of course it's nice, but, but it's, it's certainly not a necessity it's over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Like really, I just want to make pizza. I make pizza and grill. Like if I can make pizza and grill, that's good. That's a. It's twenty twenty two. Everything's a necessity at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah, know. there was a lockdown, so at any <laughs> at any moment we're confined to our property. So we want to make sure that it's yeah. great here. <laughs> this is this is a this is pretty damn cool. Like if I had a backyard, I would I would one hundred percent want one of these. Oh, like, super cool, super fun, and it was a good activity too. Mm-hmm. So like, the question yeah. is, you've used it once. Are yeah. you going to use it again? Like, yeah. is it, okay. Cause I, I know that like a lot of times you'll get something that's really cool. You'll do it once and go, that was fun. No, I and actually, I, okay. So as much as I'm like, Oh, why do people associate with me, me with pizza? We do actually make pizza every Friday. 
Ah. That wasn't something I invented for Instagram. That was just me sharing to Instagram and then people caught on. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we will absolutely use it. Awesome. Yeah. Just for the record, I make pizza every Wednesday. I'm just yeah. saying. We every do, Wednesday. We use Friday. And nice. we watch a movie. I feel like that's an important thing, like to have that. I, I don't know. There's something about homemade pizza. It's just so much. I enjoy it so much more than like. <sighs> than ordering one. Like I, I haven't that's ordered true. a pizza since I moved here. Yeah, and it's just it, there's a fun activity to it. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like comfort food, you know. It really is. Yeah. It's the ultimate comfort food. Yeah. Nice. Um, uni the Unikaru 16 multi fuel pizza oven, and I yes. of course will have the link to that in the show notes. And you should probably buy one because Brooke, the pizza expert on this podcast, says it's very good. And <laughs> the Brooke, expert. Oh shoot. Brooke is a pizza. And if it expert. doesn't work, we call Brooke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Call Brooke. Brooke at <laughs> Brooke at becausewemake.com. I don't know how you could make this not work. <laughs> It, it does really seem, easy to use. That but... sounds like a challenge, bro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, one of the things I did notice, by the way, is that it's very, very like there's not like a lot of dials and vents and crazy. It's just a it's a pizza oven with a digital display to tell you the temperature. Like yeah. it's like, oh, they've simplified something that kind of sucks. <laughs> so cool. I like it. I like it. I actually want it. I wish I had a place for it. So instead, I'm going to talk your, about your living room. Yeah, of course, right next to the <laughs> next welding to the stuff and the, the, your the pottery wheel. Functional, uh, I mean, I'll have to get rid of my couch. But really, if you have all that stuff going on, when are you going to sit down anyway? Like, it's a waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> I love I, it. I'm finally, I'm, I'm finally doing some right thinking in this place. Yeah. Um, my thing of the week is actually something. Okay, so I have been looking at, and I've had in my wish list on Amazon for more than a freaking eternity, and I'm not exaggerating; it's literally been an eternity. A set of of like setup blocks for not the not the traditional brass ones because I have those, but a set that where you could do like blade height and stuff like that, like the L shaped ones. Like Woodpecker makes a set that's like seven million dollars, and you need to worship and get rid of your first child you know otherwise they won't sell it to you because that's what every woodpecker school is <laughs> and our good friend and supporter of this podcast um jake from make with jake actually came up with one of the coolest designs that i have ever seen for a jig so i'm going to show it it's going to the link is going to be in the show notes but i'm going to show it on camera so what he did was he did a 3d printed body mm-hmm. and then in and then dropped in laser engraved it looks like maple and all the measurements are on it and it's it's a one piece tool so it's stepped at the different measurements and see you can see the measurements how is it is it how is it attached that was gonna be my question it's just (laughs) in there oh i didn't see the back i thought it was i thought it went through all the way i guess that's cool it's genius like the design of this thing is absolutely genius did it um is is does the 3d print have a rim and it's just has enough give enough that you could press the wood in and it just I think that's I think that's what it is yeah and he also got a really nice it's a really nice 3D print by the way I'm kind of jealous actually it's better than anything I 3D print but yeah this is a really nice what I love about it is it's not a whole set of things like it's one tool with let's see 2 4 6 8 10 12 14 15 different measurements and you use the T part of it as the the part that sits on the table and then you just measure your blade up to it. Absolute genius. It's brilliantly simple and it was well worth the $25. Like I love this tool and I actually didn't bring it to my shop when I was there this weekend because I wanted to talk about it tonight. So I put it on my desk by my computer. So I remembered to talk about it tonight. So a, it's a really cool tool. B, 
B, Jake is a supporter of the podcast, a financial supporter of the podcast. And since he's a financial supporter of the podcast, I feel good about promoting his stuff. So you should definitely go check it out. It's in his Etsy shop, and I will absolutely have the link to that in the show notes. I'm buying one of those right now. I think everyone, I honestly think everyone should buy one of these. I just think it's great. I'm, I'm not, and I don't have to kiss his butt. He's one of our friends. So we don't have to kiss butt of our friends. You know who else is our friend, Brooke? Who else is our friends? Anyone who supports this show financially, you instantly become our friend. And the, pe- <laughs> the people who are our you friends. Buy, you can buy our friendship. Totally <laughs> buy our friendship. My friendship is absolutely for sale and it's not even that expensive. Um, some of the people that have, you know, invested in our friendship would be Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Chris from Full Steam Designs, who has a, guess what? A podcast. That's right. Chris from Full Steam Designs now has a podcast called the Makeshift Podcast. You should be able to search it everywhere. Um, I couldn't find it in Apple's directory yet, so it'll probably take forever because I remember how long it took for this show to get in there. But he'll get in there eventually, but you can find it. Um, it's on Spotify. It's on all the others. Makeshift podcast. And I listened to the first episode today, and it was pretty good. So good job, Chris. Jeff Stein, a.k.a. a weird guy. Joey J.H. Custom Woodcraft. Dean Duplantis of Making Our Way. Tony Langer from Langer Works. Jake from Make with Jake. Congratulations on your new product. Uh, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks. Justin Ofler of Bear Maked. Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. Andrew Richard of Andrew Richard Makes. Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes. David from Southern Style DIY. Jeff, the Weekend DIYer. Henry Davis of HT1 Metalworks. Austin Saunders, the High Caliber Craftsman. And Matthew the wooden mustache. We really appreciate anyone that supports the show financially, but we also appreciate those of you that can't do it yet. Share the show, plug it, put it in your stories, tell other people about it and leave reviews. We are a little short on reviews lately. So if you haven't left a review in the past, Oh yeah, just leave one. It helps a ton. Yeah. And if you, if you did leave one in the past, apparently you're able to leave an updated one. So feel free to leave another one. Like we don't mind. We're, we're actually for the um, Brooke and Vincent episode that's coming the weekend of July fourth at some point. Um, we're, we're gonna we have one review to read. So if you want to get your review read, now would be a really good time to post one because we're getting close. It's not as not like how long we've made. Poor, I think it was Dave from Atomic Airship Works actually left the last review that we got, and he left it in like I don't even want to. Think about how long ago he left this review. <laughs> but we we saved them for when it's just Brooke and I. So we're going to read that review then. And if you want to get in there, that would be a good time for to sure. do it. And again, it helps us out a lot. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. You know, it, running 152 episodes of the podcast helps. You know, the fact that we've had some luminaries on the podcast helps. And the reviews help. Like all this stuff is what enables us to get really good guests and get people to come and spend some time with us. On a yeah. Monday night at eight o'clock <laughs> or five o'clock if they're on the West Coast, which boy, that still blows my mind that people are willing to cut into their evening dinner with us. But people are the best. We will take what we can get. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Adam, it it really is funny to finally talk to you because it's like <laughs> I I really do feel, and I, I I know you probably found the podcast through Ethan because that's how pretty much everyone found the podcast at one point. They found it through Ethan. Um, I think I was listening before he was on. Oh wow. I think nice. That would that's big news. Like I'm trying to think. I know when so it was December of 2019 I got that email from you. 
Because I, really I remember. Were what did that. the email say? I should have asked this earlier on in the I podcast. I don't. I mean, I don't want to disclose because but, uh, if, it's, some, if it's personal, don't. There was but. some personal stuff in there, but it really it hit me right in the gut, and it really, really just it made me realize like I really want to do this podcast. You know, like it was. It was, it was something like I really this podcast actually matters to somebody, even if it's just one person. So, you know, two years later, three years later, almost we get them on the show. <laughs> it's like, yeah. this backlog. What do you want? <laughs> that's so funny how it's such a small world and like those little serendipitous loops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that. I, I always find, I always find, and you know, this is maybe just me being crunchy and a hippie and loving the universe and all that. But I always feel like that, the universe is going to give you what you need at some point. Yeah. It may not be what you think you need, but it probably is what you need. And you just have to figure out why the universe gave it to you at that moment. Yeah, for sure. So that, I feel like that message hit me at a really good time because things took a really weird turn right afterwards. It's like, <laughs> like I didn't want to do anything, let alone the stupid podcast. So it was like, Oh no, 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 no. There are people who find value in this. You got to keep doing this. And it's like, okay, I'm going to keep doing it. So, so you should change the title because we make presented by Adam Zawal. I Yeah. I was going to say, so to close nice. this podcast out, Adam, thank you for <laughs> single handedly. All my work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's one of the people I, I've mentioned your email to other people too. Like I've read it to people and it's like, this is, this is oh. like awesome. So it's just, I am very grateful. Yeah. I think you would have read it on an episode or something too. No, I didn't. I didn't. I wanted to. And then there's some content I, in there that I wasn't sure about, but I did. I know I mentioned it once, but I definitely didn't use your name in it. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah. This is really, really nice. Like this is that. Right Aww, there. Right there. <laughs> this is so sweet. I didn't even know that you guys knew each other. Cause like we know, Adam, just because again we met it. Well, and that's what that's what was funny because so you said so you want to have you want to have Adam Zawalik Zawalik on, <laughs> and I'm like, sure, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. Mean, did you know that? Did you know that we knew him? I had no idea. We're, I'm saying him. He's <laughs> We're just talking about him like he's not here. That's what we do. What we do <laughs> for the first ten minutes. Might as well do it for the last ten minutes too. <laughs> yeah. But. So anyway. No, it's been it's been a real pleasure like having you on and getting this yeah, great. for a little while and it's it's fun yeah. and yeah, Brooks right you are a funny bastard so <laughs> you're so funny <laughs> I'll take that yeah hey it's important to be funny right <laughs> um, also I just just for the record I've only heard from one person who's going to be at Jimmy's on the third so um, if you're coming just give me a heads up I mean it's not like you have to check with me I'm just curious to know who all that I know is going to be there otherwise gonna be yeah it's just gonna be me and al on the on july 3rd at well, jimmy's i mean you'll have a great time i am gonna absolutely have a great time i have no doubt about it there are a bunch of people yeah. that i know are going that i'm very excited yeah. about seeing so so I, listeners if you are going yeah yeah tell vincent yeah tell me tell me tell me i want to know i'm very insecure so if i know that i know a lot of people that are going to be there it's going to be really really awesome so yeah. um Almost as awesome as having you on, Adam. So thanks again for coming on. And we'll have all of Adam's links in the show notes so that you can check him out. Head up, head over to his um, Instagram account, head over to his YouTube and follow all the stuff that he does, all the cool stuff he makes. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. We will be back again next week. We have a fellow podcast host coming on next week. I'm not telling you guys who it is. You're just going to have to think of. Yeah. They're going to have to think of all the podcasts they know and like which <laughs> podcast host are they having on. And I'm not even going to tell you if it's one we've had on already. So there you go. You'll have to figure it out. Just you guys right. debating Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, oh my maybe. God. Wouldn't if that be great? Can... 
I, <laughs> we're, we're we're working on some a couple guests right now that are pretty pretty cool ones, but yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan is not on the list. No, I mean, I, I I don't smoke. I don't smoke weed. I don't do ayahuasca. I don't do any of that cool stuff that he does. So I don't know if he'd even be interested in talking to me. I don't even drink. I'm boring. <laughs> this is the way to pitch yourself, right? I'm just boring. Come, come and you know what? We'll be you have a welder in your living room, though. <laughs> you yeah, and a pizza oven. A, a just, welder, a pizza oven, and a pottery wheel all just, in my living room. Just picture it to make up for your boring personality. You have a really, have... really, really warm living room. A really, a really warm living room that's full of so many activities. Can I just point out, by the way? Can I just point out that I, I said to Brooke that Michael won, Michael won by having her, and uh-huh. she just said I have a boring personality. I just want to point out the <laughs> imbalance I, in this you, relationship. You said that. You said that first, but it's all it's the activities. So when your guests come to visit you. If they get bored, <laughs> this is so mean. If they get bored, they can just welcome to the Westwood Makerspace in my apartment. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm glad I got renters insurance not... this week. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we should we should probably close this out before I start saying things that I don't mean. Yeah, or things that you do mean and you don't want anyone to hear you actually say. Those are even more dangerous. Have a good week, everybody. We will catch we you will again catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.